When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. And good day, everybody. Welcome on in. Welcome to the Talking Fires podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden, your host here. This episode is brought to you by Gaglion Bros Famous Cheesesteaks and Subs. You can view their entire menu at gaglionbros.com, located at Petco Park once the season starts at home on April 14th against the Atlanta Braves. They have a stand right behind home plate on field level with just garlic fries. They have a stand in the upper deck and also one their main booth, their stand, down the third baseline right by the Bally Sports San Diego pregame and postgame broadcast booth, Bally Sports San Diego booth. Again, Gaglion Bros, famous cheesesteaks and subs. Go check them out, gaglionbros.com. Located Sports Arena, located in Point Loma as well, and obviously Petco Park. So today we got one day to opening day, one day, one single day. And so today I figured, why not? Let's make some predictions some Padres season predictions, and some Major League Baseball season predictions as well. So how many wins the Padres could get, uh, their team MVP, breakout player, comeback player of the year, rookie of the year, home run leader, and then division by division, uh, who gets the wild card spots, who wins the NLAL MVP awards, uh, Cy Young, manager of the year, rookie of the year, uh, rookie of the year, in addition, like I just mentioned, uh, with the Comeback Player of the Year as well. Um, so a lot to get to on this episode. And I figured since it's one day till opening day tomorrow against the Arizona Diamondbacks at Chase Field in Arizona, you Darvish on the mound against Madison Bumgarner, let's make some predictions. So after we make or before we make those predictions, let's go over the April schedule first just to get that out of the way, and just to give you a little bit of a preview of what's going to be going on here for the first month of the Padres season. And there's a lot of tough matchups. There's a couple matchups, you know, a few matchups that definitely the Padres should win. And then there's also some matchups as well uh, where it's a good early season measuring stick, and it probably might show that the Padres aren't as talented as, uh, at least with Tatis out, you know, not, aren't as talented as some of, you know, the big guys in the National League, you know, if you will. So first off here, April 7th through the 9th is the first series, and that is against the Arizona Diamondbacks, obviously. A, uh, excuse me, April 7th through the 10th against the Arizona Diamondbacks. Thursday is the home opener for the Diamondbacks, and that's at 6.40 p.m. Pacific time. The Padres will have a fan fest at Petco Park for that one. Uh, game two, April 8th at 640 as well. And then the third game of the series with Musgrove on the mound so he can be in line for the Braves. Uh, the Padres home opener against the Braves on April 14th. He'll pitch that third game of the, se- as the season and third game of the series. That's at 510 p.m. Pacific time against the Diamondbacks. And then they finish that series, their opening series of the season 
at, on Sunday, April 10th at 1.10 p.m. Pacific time. So the first four games, again, against the Diamondbacks, the first three starters will be you Darvish on the 7th, Shamanaya, at least is scheduled on the 8th, and then Joe Musgrove on the 9th. That's the first series for the Padres. Again, the Diamondbacks, they're not really going to be a contender this year. They did add Mark Melanson. They did add some other guys like Zach Davies, Ian Kennedy, who used to be a Padre as well. So three former Padres pitchers there that they've added. Uh, they did extend Cattell Marte. But, you know, when you look at the Diamondbacks and you look at their roster, they're just not – really on the same level as teams like the Dodgers or even the Padres in terms of pitching and, and, you know, guys like that. I mean, if you look at the depth chart for the Diamondbacks, okay, yeah, Madison Bumgarner, but he's past his prime. Uh, the Padres have owned him on opening day, so hopefully they can do that tomorrow. Then Zach Gallon, he's talented, but Merrill Kelly they gave an extension to, but he's not like an ace. Luke Weaver and then – you know, either Zach Davies, probably the fifth starter. Uh, and we know what he can bring. He's consistent, but he's not like a Walker Bueller or anything like that. So the rotation's a little limited. Uh, the bullpen, you know, Mark Melanson, who knows what he'll do this year. I, I think that they could have brought him back. The Padres could have brought him back, but that obviously didn't end up happening. Uh, they have Chris Davinsky, uh, Joe Mantiply, No Ramirez. Uh, they have Ian Kennedy, like I mentioned, it's, uh, on their depth chart. says Caleb Smith is in that bullpen, probably as a long man, uh, because he used to be a starter, I believe, with the Marlins. Um, so it's a little limited with the pitching staff. And then guys like Christian Walker, uh, Josh Rojas, Nick Ahmed, David Peralta down here last year, Dalton Varsho, Paven Smith. So it definitely doesn't have as many big names as the big guys and I think this is a team that at the end of the day just doesn't have the talent that it needs to really contend uh, but that's the Padres first four games of the season then you move to April 11th through the 13th their second series of the season against this one is against the San Francisco Giants in San Francisco first two games start at 6 45 p.m and then the series finale starts at 12 45 p.m April 11th through the 13th against the Giants. The Giants definitely are a contender, I think. They have a pretty good roster, but while I mean, while I say that they could be a contender, at the same time, it's more of a mystery with them about how much of a contender they be they can be. Like it feels like their rotation's pretty solid with Alex Wood and Carlos Rodon, Logan Webb, Anthony DiStefani, uh, Alex Cobb, uh, but a big question, I think, is if the bullpen can pitch well again like they did last year. And then health, right? Losing Buster Posey was a, is a big thing. You know, Kirk Casale and then Joey Bart. doesn't seem like Joey Bart's lived up to the hype early on. I mean, that could obviously still happen. But as of now, it doesn't really seem like he has. And then Brandon Belt, will he still help? Will, will he stay healthy? Uh, Tommy Lestella. Evan Longoria is already hurt to start the year, so the injury bug's already starting. Brandon, Car Brandon Crawford, I don't think they can expect to have the same, you know, really solid year like he did last year. And then the outfield, uh, they picked up Jock Peterson, but he's not going to start every day. They still have Darren Ruff, Mike uh, Yastrzemski, Lamonte Wade Jr. But again, like Wade had a great year last year, uh, you know, Darren Ruff had a really pretty good power year last year. Yaz, uh, Austin Slater, they did lose Alex Dickerson. Uh, it's just going to be, for me, it's a big question of, you know, can they do it again? Can they surprise people again? Because a lot of these guys are the same guys that they had last year, at least in terms of the position players that, are gonna, that were on the team last year and the position players that are going to be on the team this year. So it's just going to be, can they do it again? Can they, you know, sustain this the rest of the season, the full season, like they were able to do last year? You know, so I think it'll be tough for them. I think they're definitely going to be in the playoff picture because they did prove that they could do it last year. But I think health is going to be their biggest question. Uh, but Padres, again, they play the Giants the 11th through the 13th before they head home. 
So that should be a pretty competitive series. And then April 14th through the 17th is against the Atlanta Braves, the first home series of the regular season. Joe Musgrove should be getting that April 14th start uh, against the Braves. That is the Padres home opener starting at 5, 10 PM Pacific time. And then the Saturday game, I believe is on FS one. That's at one Oh five Pacific time. And then the Sunday game is there's going to be a giveaway opening series hat. And that game's at four Oh eight PM Pacific time, because that's the ESPN Sunday night baseball game against the Braves. And this Braves team, this is going to be the big first like measuring stick, I think. The Giants are a measuring stick, but the Braves and the Dodgers seem like the big class right now of the National League, at least going into the season. And the Braves obviously being the defending champions. They bring in Kenley Jansen. Uh, they had they added Kirby Yates, former Padre, but he's not going to be ready to start the season. And they bring in Matt Olson to replace Freddie Freeman. That's not a very bad replacement at all. Um, so... They have some definitely depth there. Marcelo Zuna got suspended in the middle of last year. He's back, so that's another bat. And their lineup's really loaded. You know, you got Austin Riley, Ozzie Albies, Dansby Swanson. I haven't even added Ronald Cooney Jr. The Padres won't face him at Petco to start in this series. He will come back probably sometime in May. I think that's when he's scheduled to come back. But you add him in later in the season. Travis Darno's a pretty good hitting catcher. They have a lot of depth there. And then the bullpen, obviously their bullpen's pretty stacked as well. You know, they they bring in Kenley Jansen, like I mentioned. And then as for other guys that they have, Will Smith, Tyler Matzik, Colin McHugh was great last year. A.J. Minter, Darren O'Day. So it's Sean Newcomb. Uh, And then, you know, like I mentioned with the bullpen, or excuse me, the rotation, Max Freed, Soroka, I think he's going to come back at some point, but then even at, without him, they still have Charlie Morton, who's still there. Uh, Ian Anderson, a good young pitcher. Kyle Wright is another one. Uh, so they have a lot of options in uh, the rotation as well, and then a strong closer with the bullpen. Uh, so this is going to be a really strong team and a team that's going to be hard to take down this year. They brought back Eddie Rosario. I know, I know they lost – uh, Horia Soler to the Miami Marlins, but again, they added Marcelo Zuna, so maybe that can kind of, you know, make up for some of that loss as well. And then they have Alex Dickerson uh, on the bench, it seems like. So they're going to be a stacked team, and this is going to be a real measuring stick for the Padres to start off that first regular season homestand. So again, that series, the 14th through the 17th, and then to end or the middle, the middle series of a long homestand for the Padres will be against the Cincinnati Reds, which is pretty much Joey Votto and a bunch of other guys. Uh, this ha- this series will be from the 18th through the 20th, Monday through Wednesday. Uh, the first two games starting at 6.40 p.m. Pacific time and then 1.10 April 20th, a day game uh, before they have an off day before that key Dodger series, another measuring stick series to kick off their April schedule or their regular season schedule in April, rather. Uh, the Reds, they're just not trying to win this year. Uh, that's pretty apparent. They they signed Tommy Pham, and I think they overpaid for him. So I wasn't too mad about the Padres not bringing him back when you realize that the Reds gave him $7.5 million. Uh, but they bring him in. But I don't think the, you know, the baseball, national baseball world as a whole will say that's a big addition when you consider that they traded away Jesse Winker, their all-star outfielder. Castellanos isn't there anymore. They traded away Eugenio Suarez, who led the National League in home runs a few years ago. They traded away Sonny Gray, one of their aces. I wouldn't be surprised if Luis Castillo's gone probably by the trade deadline. So I feel kind of bad for Joey Votto because he's just sticking around there when the team's selling off. Uh, and, man, just a mat- just look back at how they really built up. They tried to, you know, they brought in Sonny Gray and Trevor Bauer and Jesse Winker. They had, you know, had an all-star season last year and Castellanos and they traded away Amir Garrett. They had him. Uh, they had Racio Iglesias at one point. It seemed like they had a lot of talent, but it couldn't, it didn't work that one season that they went all in pretty much 2020 when they lost to the Braves in that wild card series. And then they pretty much blew it up from there. Obviously Bauer didn't come back. 
And it probably, pretty much it didn't work last year. I mean, they had Jonathan India there. That's a bright spot. But other than that, I mean, it's not a whole lot to for Reds fans to you know really latch on to. Uh, Hunter Green, I guess, is another story. So there's a few guys, but you know you can't convince Reds fans that they're trying to win when you trade away one of their aces, you trade away their all-star outfielder who's going to be in the middle of their lineup. So it's going to feels like it's going to be a long year for them. And this is a series that the Padres need to win the April 18th through the 20th. They need to win this series because they're actually trying to win and the Reds aren't. These are series. There's a couple more later in April that we'll get to that. The Padres need to win because they weren't able, if they want to get to the playoffs and get to where they weren't able to get to last year, they need to win games that they should win. You know, you can worry about the Dodgers and the Giants and the teams like the Braves. I know they play those guys, those teams in April, but in terms of like reaching them and getting up to their level, especially without Tatis right now, just win the games you're supposed to win and then figure it out all from there. You're not going to make the playoffs if you keep getting swept by the Rockies like you did last year, right? You're not going to make the playoffs if you can't win these series against the Reds. Teams that you should beat, that the great teams like the Dodgers, the Braves, those teams that stack up all those wins, guess what? A lot of those wins come from the teams that aren't great. You know, they stack up those wins when they're given to them, you know, against teams that they should beat, they beat them. That's where they get a lot of wins from. Um, so the Padres need to win this red series. They need to win the red series that they play later in April as well. But before we get to that series, Padres would have an op and they have an off day, the April 21st. And then the 22nd through the 24th, that weekend will be huge. Probably sold out all three games against the Dodgers at home against, uh, excuse me, at Petco park Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Friday is a 6.40 p.m. start. Saturday is a 5.40 start. And Sunday is a 1.10 start like usual. Uh, this is going to be a big measuring stick. If the Padres win this series, I'll be happy. Uh, obviously, April 22nd, that first game of the series is a long way away, long ways away. So the team could look different from then. Uh, injuries could happen. Clevenger could be back. Who knows? Things could look different. Uh, but this is a series I think that they'd be happy to win. Uh, I think you don't want to get swept. I'll say that obviously, especially in your home ballpark. Um, and obviously don't really know what the pitching matchups will look like. Uh, but what I'm hoping out of this series, I know that, you know, they don't have Tati, so it's going to be hard. Uh, but again, this isn't the NBA, right? You need a full team to win. And who knows if the Padres have their top dogs, this could be a series that they end up winning. Uh, and, you know, it's not really fair to measure the Padres against the Dodgers with when the Padres don't have their best player, like take Freddie Freeman or Trey Turner off the Dodgers roster and Dodger fans will tell you the same thing, you know, vice versa. So it is a measuring stick, but it's also not a measuring stick. I think it's important just because it's the Padres Dodgers rivalry. I know Dodger fans want to say that it's not a rivalry, but Come on, you saw those games at Peco last year. You saw those games at Dodger Stadium last year. I get that most of those games were before the Padres collapsed. But look, those games were competitive. The Dodgers even had their own manager, Dave Roberts, saying last year that it felt like you know a playoff game uh, early in, on in that season. So it does feel like a rivalry for both sides, even if one side doesn't want to admit it. So I think competitive games is what I want to see out of this series from the Padres, and hopefully they can win it. Uh, so that's the 22nd through the 24th big series there that a lot of fans will be the baseball world will be paying attention to. Uh, and then the Padres will have an off day uh, on the 25th, by the way, the Dodgers did add Freddie Freeman. Obviously I didn't feel like I needed to go through a lot of Dodger moves because obviously I think a lot of Padre fans know what the Dodgers did, right? They didn't bring back Kenley Jansen. They lost Seager. They lost Scherzer, but you know, they brought back Kershaw. They brought in Freddie Freeman um, they still have Trey Turner and Justin Turner and Will Smith and Bellinger, even though he struggled in spring training and Mookie Betts. Uh, they still have a lot of guys. So they're still a really talented team. Still have Austin Barnes. They uh, brought back Chris Taylor. So they still have a lot of guys. They brought in Craig Kimbrell in a trade where Pollock went to the White Sox, but they still have Chris Taylor who can play the outfield, like I mentioned. So they're still a deep team. 
Uh, but moving on to the their uh, second road stand, uh, road uh, road trip of the series, if or of the season, if you will, against the Reds, the 26th through the 28th at Cincinnati. Again, these are three games that they need to win. Uh, maybe not all three, but you'd like to take the series against teams that you should beat. 26 at 3:40 Pacific time, 3:40 again on the 27th. That is a Wednesday, and then they finish that series. Uh, early 9.35 a.m. Pacific time, first pitch. Uh, we went over the Reds and what they did, so we'll skip right to the Pirates, which is the very next day at 3.35 p.m. Pacific time, the first two games of the series, to finish out the April slate against the Pirates. Again, the Pirates are another series that the Padres need to win, and you hope that they sweep. Remember last year, their one series in Pittsburgh. They could have won that series earlier in the year, but then uh, that was right after the Joe Musgrove no-hitter series in Texas. They ended up splitting that series, and those were that's just some of the series where they should have won and they couldn't end up winning. They never ended up winning, or you know, sometimes you know the Rockies swept them and they should have won at least one game in those series. So these this is definitely a series here with the Pirates that they need to win. The series, the April schedule, that slate, that obviously ends on the 30th, but it does extend into May 1st before an off day before heading to a two-game series against the Cleveland Guardians uh, to start off May. But for April, they finish it off with two games on the road against Pittsburgh, a series they need to win. I mean, this team, there's a lot of Brian Reynolds rumors flying around and all that, uh, but JT Brubaker right now on their depth chart is their ace. Mitch Keller, Jose Quintana, Zach Thompson, Will Crow. So names that probably some people on here haven't don't know. Maybe Jose Quintana is a name that they've heard of. But other than that, haven't really you know heard of. Right now, Chris Stratton is named their closer, it seems like. Sam Howard, David Bednar, former Padre. Uh, Luis Oviedo, Heath Hembury, Bryce Wilson, Dylan Peters. So I'm just naming off some names in their bullpen. And MLB uh, put on like their Pick'em Instagram story, you know, the match of their opening series matchup, they their like main guy that they put on there was Daniel Vogelback. So that just shows like how not starstruck, you know, this star filled this roster is. I mean, it's just not. You have they have Michael Chavis, former Red Sox, who's probably a backup right now. Again, Daniel Vogelback slots in as their first baseman. Chavis, their backup first baseman, probably their second baseman. Cabrian Hayes. And Brian Reynolds are probably the two guys that Pirates fans probably will get can get excited about. Uh, they have Cole Tucker, but he hasn't really performed great. Uh, they do have a star shortstop that's like their C.J. Abrams that probably will be up in O'Neill Cruz um, by the time this series happens in Pittsburgh. So that might be a guy to look at. Uh, but in terms of this series, the Padres are much more talented even without Tatis and this team. And this is a series that they need to win and hopefully they can sweep. Uh, so again, to go over this April schedule one more time, they play the D-backs for four, Giants for three, Braves for four, Reds for three, and off day. So they start with 14 games straight and then three games against the Dodgers at home, another off day, then three games at Cincinnati and two games at Pittsburgh before they finish off the Pittsburgh series to start off May. So that's the April schedule for you. And now moving on to the next topic, which is the MLB predictions, my MLB predictions, my Padres season predictions. And so let's get started. As for my Padres season predictions, my season awards. So I have wins, how many wins they'll get, the team MVP, breakout player, comeback player of the year, rookie of the year, and the Padres home run leader of the year. Um, so again, in the chat, feel free to Put, you know, drop a comment and give your thoughts on your predictions. How many wins do you think the Padres will get? Who do you think will be the team MVP, the breakout player of the year for the Padres, the comeback player of the year, the rookie of the year, and the home run leader for the Padres? We'll do this and then we'll get into my MLB predictions uh, as well. So, for my Padres season award predictions, I think this team can win 90 games. I know that might be a little high, you know, for some fans because they're thinking that Tatis is going to be out for a while. But again, like I said earlier, 
Major League Baseball is not the NBA. You need a lot more guys than one guy to win a lot of games. And I think with the Padres pitching staff, with the addition of Sean Manaya, I think this is a strong rotation. I think I like the bullpen right now. Uh, the names that Preller has brought in. I like the first half of the lineup right now. Uh, and then you just hope that the back half of the lineup can, you know, manufacture some runs. But I think the pitching staff, if the pitching staff pitches well, especially this first half of the year, uh, and the bullpen doesn't get overtaxed like it did last year, I think there are 90 win. There's 90 wins in this ball club. I really do believe that. I think the Bob Melvin hire, I think the Ruben Niebla, you know, hire, you know, Mackenzie Gore coming up at some point. I think that's definitely a positive uh, for this team. And I think that can help them get to those 90 wins better than like Jace Tingler would have uh, or previous managers like that. So I think my prediction is a 90 win team. This might end up being, you know, biting me in the butt, but I'm an optimistic fan. I want to be optimistic and I, I'm, so I'm not going to go like a hundred wins, but I also don't want to be pessimist, pessimistic and say, you know, 75 wins, you know? So I do believe in this team. I think this is a stacked top half of the division. I think it's still stacked top uh, tier of the national league, if you will. And I think the Padres can contend in that, especially when they get Tatis back. And if they, you know, the starting pitching can stay healthy. I think that's a big key for this year. So I have them at 90 wins, the team MVP. I think it's going to be Manny Machado. And I think it has to be, especially with Tatis out the first half of the year. I think with the bottom half of the lineup, not as strong as it could be. Uh, and some of it's AJ Preller's fault to just to be quite honest with some of the moves that he's made uh, some of the contracts that he's given to players that has kind of hamstrung him. Uh, that's part of his, his, his fault, but I think Manny Machado will be the team MVP. I think it, he has to be. And I, and I think that he's going to have a big year. I think in my over unders that I predict with John Schaefer, uh, I think that I said that he's going to get an over five war, which is what is what his war was last year. And I think part of that is because, Hopefully, and hopefully he doesn't deal with as many injuries that he dealt with as last year. You know, he was playing last year. He played a lot of games last year, but he was dealing with nagging injuries from pretty much the beginning of the season. And so hopefully that, I know he's going to deal with some injuries, but hopefully that doesn't happen. He's a little bit leaner this year, uh, according to Nick Soto, his trainer, and some of the uh, pictures that I've seen and the videos that I've seen of him in spring training. I encourage you to go watch or listen to that Nick Soto interview I did, who is Manny, Manny Machado's trainer. I did that uh, with Nick Soto earlier in the offseason during the lockout. So I encourage you to go watch or listen to that interview for some more insight on Manny Machado's offseason training, his diet, stuff like that. But I think I'm, I'm predicting a big year for Manny. I think he will take home the team MVP. And breakout player, I think it'll be Luke Voigt, if that counts. I think, I think it does count because – he just hasn't really been able to stay healthy. Um, and I think he's definitely in for a big year. I think he can stay healthy, you know, being a DH. So I think, you know, if Hosmer gets traded, again, I'm recording this on April 4th, and it's going to go out on Wednesday, April 6th, uh, right before opening day, the day before opening day. Um, so maybe a trade happens by the time this goes out. Uh, so Hosmer's maybe not there and Void is at first or who knows, but I think the Padres will want him to be the DH most of the year and that can keep him more healthy. And so I think if he stays healthy, he's going to mash some serious home runs and a lot of power numbers are in there. So I think in terms of breakout and I'm, I'm saying breakout because last year he did not have the best year and just looking up his stats real quick here. I mean, he, he suffered a lot of injuries last year. He only had, uh, I think, 68 games appeared in last year, a .3 war, uh, only 11 home runs. He just couldn't really stay healthy. So I, I predict him to stay healthy this year and hit home runs and drive in more runs. And I think he definitely, that's his job here is to drive in runs. And I think he can do that if he can stay healthy. I think that's a big if. But if he does that, he's my breakout player of the year. And so that's my prediction there. Comeback player of the year, I think it'll be Clevenger. I mean, look, I think 
There's some options, Austin Nola, obviously. I think Voigt's another option as well, but I didn't want to pick breakout and come back as the same player. I wanted to pick someone different, and I know that it's not off to a great start with Clevenger dealing with that knee injury, but it is a long season, and Clevenger, I know he had a stinker for his first spring training start, but he looked good other than that, um, and he looked like he was healthy before that. And so hopefully, like Bob Melvin is saying, like he told the media after that injury happened that this is, you know, a blessing in disguise, especially with the Shamanaya edition. It's a blessing in disguise. And hopefully, you know, Clevenger will be able to stay healthy once he comes back and can really help this rotation in a big, big way. And so if he does, I think he can definitely win that comeback player, at least for the Padres. Because I trust for some reason, I don't know why, but maybe it's Ruben Niebla. I trust him to stay healthy and come back strong more than Nola. But, and maybe that's just because he's pitching every five days and Nola is going to be playing more often. And, you know, all the squatting and just catching is a, you know, real rigorous position. Uh, But that's just kind of how I feel there. Um, So that's my comeback player is Clevenger. Rookie of the year, I think it's going to be CJ Abrams. Again, I'm recording this before the rosters are announced. So hopefully CJ's on it. And even if he's not, to be quite honest, I think he has a great chance of being the Padres Rookie of the Year. Gore's another option. But they don't have a whole lot of rookie options. It's pretty much CJ and Mackenzie Gore. Those are the two big options. And CJ, I think he has an opportunity to win MLB Rookie of the Year. Uh, This guy is a five-tool potential talent. He already has four of those tools. I think he could improve his throwing in terms of accuracy. We saw that in spring training a little bit. But he's a good fielder. He has a pretty strong arm. I mean, why? if he didn't, I don't think they'd be thinking about him in the outfield. Uh, versatile, has the hit tool already. He hit really well against big league batters in spring training, uh, this past spring training. So I really like him as the rookie of the Padres rookie of the year. I think he's going to get playing time eventually, uh, whether that's on opening day or that's later in the season or a meet or sometime really early in the season. Who knows? I think. He's going to get a lot of chances in the big league at the big league club. And, you know, I record this again, April 4th. This is, you know, two games left in the spring training schedule. He's starting at shortstop two games left. So they're really thinking about putting him on the roster. And so if they're really thinking about putting him on the roster, he's going to be here. And obviously injuries can happen, but hopefully injuries don't happen. He's going to get a lot of chances to go win that rookie of the year, major league baseball, NL Rookie of the Year, not just Padres Rookie of the Year. So Abrams is my Padre Rookie of the Year pick. And then home run leader, I say Manny. I think Boyd's going to have a big year if he can stay healthy, but I think Manny Machado is going to have bigger than a five war. I think he's due for a really, really big year. I don't want to say due like he hasn't had big years. Obviously, he had a big year last year. He was an all-star last year. But what I'm saying is I think he's going to come out and – put this team help put this team on his back with Jake Cronenworth and that top half of the bat of the lineup. Um, And so I think having a big first half and then continuing that, I think he's going to stay more healthy than he did last year. And hopefully I'm not jinxing everything here and this doesn't end up on freezing cold takes or anything, Uh, but I think Manny's definitely going to end up having a big year. Uh, Let's see. Let's look up. What does fan graphs, or what does baseball reference project Manny's numbers to be this year? I'm not, I have, look, I'm just looking it up right now. I haven't even looked at it. I think he's, I think he definitely has a big year potential in store for him. And I think part of that, I mean, he might not get as many great pitches because Tatis isn't in the lineup, but at the same time, he has a Voight behind him. And Jake, it looks like, behind him. So he could get better pitch, uh, pitches to hit as well. He project uh, Baseball reference has him, uh, let's see, age 29 season, 26 home runs. I think he'll hit more than that. I think that's a little low. Uh, he has 57 walks, OPS of 812. I think it'll be higher than that. So I'm, I think I'm a little more high on Manny than baseball references. Uh, but I am projecting a big year from Manny, and that includes home runs. Again, in the comments, let me know if you agree. Again, I have him at 90 wins, team MVP Manny, home run leader Manny, breakout player Padres, breakout player Voight if he stays healthy, Clevenger comeback player, 
Abrams Rookie of the Year. Let me know what your thoughts are on my picks and what your picks are. All right, let's move on to Major League Baseball, my season predictions. Who's going to win all of the divisions, the wild cards, uh, the seasonal awards, MVP, Cy Young, Manager of the Year, Rookie of the Year, Comeback Player of the Year. I did – oh, I did not say Padres Cy Young either. Let me type that in here in my document. Padres Cy Young. I'm going to say Darvish. Now, you're probably saying, hey, Ben, way to go out on a limb there. Uh, But he looked great in spring training, and I I think that he's going to stay healthy the majority of the year. I don't trust Snell to have a Cy Young caliber year for some reason, you know, the way that – He's not going to be built up to start the year and injuries can happen. And he is, his command just doesn't look great. I know it's spring training, but his command doesn't look great. Uh, You know, Gore, he's just not going to get as many starts. I don't think as Darvish Musgrove, he's been, he's been better every year, but I don't know. I mean, I want him to stay healthy back to back years, but it's hard to do that in the big leagues. You know, we see DeGrom going down. We see Scherzer with the hammy right now. Darvish got hurt last year. The whole rotation got hurt besides Musgrove. So it's hard to envision him not being sidelined for at least a couple starts at some point this year. Uh, that's just me being a realist. So obviously I don't. I hope that doesn't happen, but I think Darvish has the best opportunity to come home with the Padres Cy Young. Manaya obviously is another solid option that you could pick. Uh, but he did have like a four ERA last season where I think it could, that that could improve this year, but I think Darvish has the higher upside than Manaya this year uh, for the Padres. So Darvish will be my Padres Cy Young. Moving to my MLB prediction predictions. I have the Braves winning the national league East, the Brewers winning the national league central and the Dodgers winning the national league West. So pretty much chalk there. I like the Brewers rotation a lot. I like the Braves team a lot, just period. I like the, I mean, the Dodgers are just stacked. Uh, it seemed, I don't, I don't really know how much better they got because they did lose Seager. They lost Pollock and then they gained Freeman. So how much better did they, how much better is Freeman over Seager and Pollock? I don't know. Um, so I just don't know really how much they got better there. Then they, they lose Scherzer, who's the second best pitcher in the league, you know, according to me um, and according to some other people as well. They lose Kenley Jansen. I know they brought in Kimbrell, but they probably have Jansen if you put him in a lie detector chance, a lie detector test uh, over Kimbrell. So we'll see how that shakes out. Will Kershaw stay healthy all year? Uh, so I have them winning the West just because of how much talented they are, how talented they are but they're not a slam dunk for the world series. I don't think um, I have my NL wildcard teams. I have the Padres. I have us. So the Padres, the Mets and the Cardinals, I have the Phillies just missing out. Their defense is probably going to be atrocious this year with Castellanos uh, and Alec Bohm and Reese Hoskins. They're just not great defensively, but I think the Mets, their strong rotation, even with the Grom out to start the year, you still have Scherzer. You still have Bassett. You still have, uh, Carlos Carrasco. You still have Taiwan Walker. I think they improved their lineup with Starling Marte and Eduardo Escobar, who made the All-Star game last year. Uh, they have Mark Canna as well, former a- athletic. They did improve. I think they improved their bullpen a little bit. I know they lost Aaron Loop, who pitched great last year, but you probably can't expect that, you know, back-to-back years. So I like them in the NL East because the Marlins probably aren't going to compete. Uh, the Nationals, obviously, they're probably just going to trade all their pieces at the deadline. And then the Phillies just aren't going to be great defensively. I still can't really trust their bullpen, even though it did get better. So I feel like it's the Braves and the Mets there for that division. And I think the Braves are just a better team. I do like the Mets, though, for a wild card spot. And then the Cardinals, I think the Cubs aren't going to be in real contention this year. And I like the Cardinals. Uh, lineup is pretty solid. I know... Health is a big question mark, you know, in terms of age, bringing in Pujols to DH for his last year in the big leagues, probably Wainwright, Molina, and Pujols' last years. Uh, So I think you expect them to go all out. But I I like their rotation. I like Tommy Edmund at the top of their lineup. 
they did lose Luis Garcia, but I do like their team as a whole to be a wild card team ahead of the Giants because I think they can stay more healthy than the Giants. Uh, and to be honest, like, are the Cubs a wild card team? Like I mentioned, no, I don't think so. Pirates obviously aren't. I only see two teams coming out of the East. Three teams could come out of our division, the West, Padres, Dodgers, and Giants, but I think the Cardinals playing in an easier division will definitely help them. Uh, but I, I like their – I do like them bringing in Steven Matz. They have Dakota Hudson, Adam Wainwright, uh, Jack Flaherty when he comes back being healthy, Miles Michaelis. Uh, their bullpen's still pretty stacked. Jordan Hicks, Genesis Cabrera, Giovanni Gallegos, uh, Nick Widgren is pretty underrated, I think. TJ McFarland. So I, I like their team pretty much as a whole. And it seems like they're just one of those teams, kind of like the Rays, right? The National League of the Rays. Like they just f- figure out some way to win, regardless of the team that they have. So I think the Braves, Brewers, Dodgers, Padres, Mets, Cardinals will be my NL Wild or my NL National League teams. Uh, I think the NLCS for the National League will be Dodgers-Braves, and I have the Braves getting to the World Series. I think the Padres, right now as it stands, and this is, again, April 4th. They might have made a big move you know, uh, after this is recorded. But right now as it stands, I'm assuming they get Tatis back for the second half of the season. I think they can win. I think they will win. A wild card series if the rotation stays healthy and all and the bullpen pitches well. But I think, I mean, depending on the matchup, but even Braves, Brewers, or Dodgers, any one of those teams is going to be hard uh, that they're going to have to face in the NLDS, and they might have to face one of those teams in the wild card series if they get the last wild card spot. Uh, because the first two top division winners get the bye, remember, because of the six-team playoff. Uh, they get two teams, get a bye, and then it's two wild-card series. So the Padres might have to end up even playing one of the Braves, Brewers, or Dodgers if those three teams win the division. So I think that'll be a tough wild-card series. And then I think they can get past that because I really like the pitching. But after that, I think it'll be tough. I think they can make a division series really competitive. But that lineup really scares me, the Padres lineup, the back half right now. So just being realistic, obviously, as a Padres fan, I really hope that they can, you know, get to the World Series, win the World Series. But as of now, I don't see that happening. I see them falling in the division series, maybe in a game five, something like that. Um, If they have to play the Dodgers or someone like that or the Braves. I really like the Braves this year uh, to repeat. So those are my NL teams. The American League, I have the Blue Jays winning the American League East, White Sox winning the AL Central, the Astros winning the American League West, and then my three wildcard teams, the Rays, Red Sox, and Mariners. I have the Mariners finally ending that playoff drought. So as for the AL East, I'm big on the Blue Jays. I know everyone is, and that's kind of like the Padres in 2015 where they won the offseason, and then they ended up stinking. I don't think that's not. I don't think that's going to be the case with the Blue Jays. I think they're going to be better than you know the Padres were in '15. I think they'll end up at least making the playoffs, even if they don't live up to expectations. But I think right now they're a better team than like the Yankees. Their rotation is better. I think they're a better team than the Red Sox. Same thing. Their rotation's better. Uh, I don't know how much their lineup got how much better the lineup got to be honest, because while everyone's clamoring about them getting Matt Chapman, they did lose Marcus Semyon, who was an MVP finalist last year. So it's kind of confused. It's kind of contradictory to say this team is a lot better when they lost Marcus Semyon. Uh, you know, it's kind of, it feels more like Chapman's just replacing Semyon and Chapman might end up being a better player long-term uh, but Semyon had a really good year. So it'll be interesting to see if Vlad can repeat his great year and if Chapman can have as good of a year as Semyon had last year. But I really like the Blue Jays' rotation that they have. Obviously, 
You know, they add Robbie, uh, not Robbie, right? They lost him. He went to the Mariners. Uh, but they add Kevin Gosman to be, you know, an ace there. Hinjin Ryu, Jose Barrios, Alex Manoa that they have, Alec Manoa. Uh, you say Kikuchi that they signed to a deal to be their fifth starter. So he's one of the best fifth starters in baseball. And then Jordan Romano, you know, uh, Adam Simber, Trevor Richards, Nate Pearson, Ross Stripling. David Phelps, those guys in the bullpen, so they're deep there. Uh, they like Danny Jansen at catcher. Vlad Jr. was an MVP finals last year. Kevin Biggio, uh, Bo Bichette, one of the better young shortstops in baseball, up and coming. Still have Lourdes Gurriel. Ronald Tapia, I'm glad that we don't have to see him against the Rockies. The Padres don't have to see him. He's with the Blue Jays on their bench. George Springer, obviously. Teoscar Hernandez. So they're a stacked team on paper. And I really like them to win the division. I think I'm big on the White Sox. Obviously, the AL Central, the Twins. I think they'll kind of be like the Phillies and the NL. I think they'll just miss out on the wild on a wild card spot. I just don't. I'm just not fully bought in on their rotation and just the pitching staff as a whole. I know they brought in Sonny Gray, um, so I, I just think the AL Central. It's the White Sox is to lose. The Guardians aren't really trying to win. They didn't really add to payroll. Uh, you know, they have Shane. They still have a good rotation, but it doesn't seem like they're, like, all in on trying to win anymore. Obviously, they, you know, let Lindor go. Uh, they traded him away a couple years back uh, before last season, actually. Uh, so I think that's their the White Sox. They're stacked. Their division to lose. The AL West, I have the Astros taking it away, even without Correa. Uh, they like their young shortstop that they got. Uh coming up through their farm system. They're still talented with Altuve and Bregman. Verlander coming back. Uh, they're, they're still talented. There's a lot of talent there still. Uh, I think they – yeah, Dusty Baker's still their manager. So there's still a lot of good things going with the Astros in terms of talent that they have. Um, and the A's obviously aren't trying to win. The Angels, they're trying to win kind of, but is Noah Syndergaard going to stay healthy? Can Otani really repeat that MVP year that he had last year? And then, you know, that Justin Upton contract didn't work. They had to DFA him. And so it's going to be a lot up to their young guys. Mike Trout staying healthy, com coming back. Otani staying healthy and repeating what they did, what he was able to do last year, that MVP season that he was able to have last year. Can he do that again? Time will tell. Um, so I just don't think they have enough. They have talented players, Anthony Rendon as well. But I just don't think they have talent throughout the roster. It's really top-heavy for me uh, right now with the Angels. So I have them just missing the playoffs. The Rays are the Rays. They're still going to make the playoffs. The Red Sox, their lineup, adding Trevor Story, is going to be stacked. I know they lost Schwarber, but Trevor Story, I think, is going to benefit there uh, in Boston. The Mariners, man, they're like the Padres – they're just thanking the Padres right now. I mean, they have so many former Padres on their roster that are helping them. I mean, I like their rotation as well. Marco Gonzalez, Chris Flexen, Logan Gilbert, uh, their bullpen. Uh, Matt Brash made the roster. Uh, I think he's going to be starting. He might be starting. He was the player to be named later in one of the Padres deals to the Mariners. They have Justice Sheffield that they got from the Yankees. And then from the Padres, just name – we could just name a lot of guys that used to play for the Padres on their roster. You got Matt Brash, Andres Munoz, uh, Luis Torrens, Ty France. Jeez, you just keep going down the roster. Uh, who else here? Taylor Trammell. I mean, and you just keep going down the roster, and then the Padres are interested in Mitch Hanniger, but I don't know if that's really going to happen. Uh, but they're just stacked, so I think they're – definitely destined to finally uh, break their playoff drought. Uh, so, and then in the ALCS, AL, uh, I got Blue Jays, White Sox, and then I, I got the Braves winning the World Series over the Blue Jays. I, I really like the Braves. I think for the ALCS, Blue Jays, White Sox, this might end up obviously being wrong and the Blue Jays could end up flopping, um, but – they, they just seem like they're the best team right now, best con constructed team in the American League right now. The Yankees have holes. The 
The Red Sox, their bullpen isn't great. Uh, there's just holes in the American League. The AL Central, yeah, the White Sox, that's why I have them in the ALCS. They're probably the second best team. But I just feel that there's a lot more holes in the American League than the National League. Uh, but Braves over Blue Jays is my World Series prediction. I'm not going to put a game on it because obviously that's a long ways away, but Braves over the Blue Jays for the World Series. My NLCS Dodgers, Braves, ALCS, Blue Jays, White Sox. Uh, so those are my predictions for the MLB season. Uh, just kicking off again on Thursday. Now getting to the season award uh, predictions. MVP, Cy Young, Manager of the Year, Rookie of the Year, Comeback Player of the Year. We'll get to those again in the comments. Make sure to tell me who you think, if you agree with my predictions, who you think will win these awards. Uh, hit that subscribe button. Trying to get up to at least 1,000 subscribers so we can implement that super chat going in there because uh, I know a lot of people want those super chats. And I really appreciate everyone's support for this channel. Uh, and I really appreciate everyone coming on for the live streams. I know this isn't live, but I appreciate the live streams and all that, uh, the support on those. And look out for the Padres content that I will be having, especially in the summer when I'm back in San Diego at Peco Park. Uh, but to go towards the MLB seasonal award predictions I have, for NL MVP, I have Manny Machado winning. Again, I mentioned earlier, I think he has to be huge for the Padres, before, especially without Tatis. Unbiased, it would probably be Trey Turner for the Dodgers, but I don't want to predict that a Dodger is going to win the MVP. And I think Manny, it's not like I'm saying Austin Nola is going to win the MVP, right? It's, it's definitely a reasonable prediction, something that I think could very well happen. So I have Manny winning the MVP. I think in order to do that, he might have to get over a six war to do that. But I think if he's on a playoff team, which I think the Potters will be, and he has an amazing season like he had last year, a better season than last year, which I think can happen if he just feels better throughout the season, I think he can definitely win the NL MVP. So that's my NL MVP, NL MVP pick. AL MVP, every year until probably Mike Trout retires, it's probably going to be Mike Trout. Uh, he's the greatest player. I know Tatis is great, but Trout is just an amazing, amazing player. Probably one of, one of if not the best position player I've ever seen uh, in my lifetime, you know, at least me watching games nightly on a nightly basis around the league and all that. He's probably up there at the top. Um, personally, I'm a huge Bryce Harper fan, but in terms of consistency, consistently putting up MVP seasons and just being great defensively, great offensively has power. Uh, he stayed, I know the health last year, uh, but he has just continued year after year after year. I, I think he's going to be the AL MVP this year. Obviously, health is the question. Otani seems like a lot of people's MVP pick just because he can pitch and hit, but I just don't see him repeating it again. I think health could be a question. Uh, I think Trout could probably stay more healthy uh, than Otani will. And with Otani, I, I just don't know if he's going to be able to hit and pitch at that caliber all season long like he did last year. So Trout's my MVP pick for the American League. I know that's not really going out on any type of limb, uh, but MVPs are the usually the best players in the league. And so picking Manny and Trout there for the NL and AL uh, picks, I don't think is that, you know, absurd. It's not like a bold prediction MVP, you know, per se. Uh, for the Cy Young, I've... Max Scherzer winning it in the National League, AL Cy Young, Garrett Cole. I have Darvish top five in the NL Cy Young. Um, Max Scherzer, I know he's kind of dealing with the hammy stuff to start the year, uh, but with the DeGrom injury, that takes him out, I think, of the NL Cy Young voting, kind of like it did last year when he got hurt. And so I think Max Scherzer is the top option. I'm not going to vote for a Dodger. You can say that's biased, but I'm just not going to. I think there's going to be a ton of pressure on Bueller because Kershaw, who knows what with him. I think there's going to be more pressure on Bueller this year than there will be on Scherzer. 
because at least the Mets, I'm more confident in the back end of the Mets rotation than the Dodgers rotation. I mean, they still have Bassett and Carrasco and Walker. They still have Lucchese. I'd expect the Mets to pick up a starter uh, before opening day, or at least uh, they get into full swing in the regular season. And they still have options there. So I think that with that said, Scherzer's not going to have as much pressure. And look, he's he's had a consistent track record of staying health, pretty healthy, right, even as he's gotten older. And I think that he's pretty much put himself in the conversation to win the Cy Young every year. Last year, he had a whip under one, a 2-4-6 ERA, 30 games started, 179 in the third innings. He had a war over five. And, you know, this year he's projected to have pretty much around the same numbers. A w- slightly worse, uh, but a whip a little over one, uh, but still over 200 strikeouts. And I think, as I mentioned, I think the Mets are a playoff team. So making the playoffs and still really producing, I think that puts them in prime position to take home the NL Cy Young Award. And as for Garrett Cole, and look, Darvish top five, there's a lot of, before I get to Garrett Cole, there's a lot of options there in the National League with Bueller, with Arias, Woodruff, Burns, all of those guys. Uh, But Scherzer, I feel like, Again, I'm not really going off on a limb here, but there's just a lot of uh, consistency that I've seen from Max Scherzer, uh, you know, in his career and as of late. I know he had the dead arm last year in the postseason, but he was he puts it all out there. He is really great about staying healthy and staying on top of his, you know, workouts and nutrition. He still runs, which not all pitchers do, starting pitchers at least as much anymore. So he, he stays in shape, and I think that's a big component as well. So Scherzer's my NL pick. Garrett Cole, it's the AL starting pitcher race isn't as stacked. Again, I mentioned Otani. I don't think he's going to have as great of a year as he did last year. And Garrett Cole, I mean, I think he'll adjust after cheating because that's what he did, let's be honest. I think he'll adjust after he cheated and use spider tack, which a lot of other starters did. I mean, I want to be fair with that. I think he'll adjust, and, I mean, there's Shane Bieber, but he's not going to probably be on a contender. What other options are there in the American League, you know, in terms of starting pitching? You know, you have Lucas Giolito. He's another option as well. But I know that he's going to be facing a tough a tough uh, AL East division. But at the same time, I think that, it's kind of like a Max Scherzer thing, right? It's, it's the consistency. It's the fact that he's been able to do it the last few years. I know some of it is cheating, but it seems like he's healthy. It just seems like he's continued to stay healthy pretty much. And for me, if there was, if he was in the national league, I probably wouldn't have him winning the Cy Young but because he's in the American League, and I don't think that Justin Verlander is going to be in the race coming off an injury. Dylan Cease, really? Is that really a guy? Nathan Avaldi, Robbie Ray is with Seattle. Uh, maybe he's an option, but like Frankie Montas, Jose Barrios, Lance McCullers, Chris Flexen, Hinjin Ryu. Those names, I don't know about you, but those names just don't get at me as much as Garrett Cole does. And like Sean Mania placed eighth in war last year among AL pitchers. And he's obviously with us now with the Padres. So that's another option off the table. So it's more of not like me being so like sure fire that Cole's going to win, but then he's going to probably place top three because he's done it ever since he stepped in, you know, in Yankee stadium with the Yankees. And there's just not as many great options as there are with the national league. The American League just is not as stacked as the National League is. Moving to the managers of the year. I have Bob Melvin. That might be a little biased, but I have the Padres making the playoffs, and usually a team that makes the playoffs or they outperform expectations, that manager wins the the manager of the year. It's not just the team with the best record. It's the team that outperforms, uh, you know, expectations. 
And I think expectations, what, they have them at an 89 team, like 89 when team fan graphs or whatever projection I was looking at earlier. They have them at like an 89 win team. I have them at 90 wins. So with, with Tatis out to start the year, I think the casual voters will look at that. And the Padres, they, if they, you know, the back half of the lineup isn't like great, it's not as star power, you know, filled as the Dodgers or even the Braves. If the Padres can win more than 90 games and they, you know, really go toe-to-toe with the Dodgers all year and stuff like that, I think Bob Millman is going to be a prime candidate to win manager of the year. And I think you got to look at if the Padres make the playoffs, okay, Bob Melvin took a team that didn't make the playoffs last year to a team that did make the playoffs this year. So I think their voters will look at that as well. So I think Bob Melvin has a lot going for him in terms of his chances of winning the National League Manager of the Year. He's won the American League Manager of the Year before, or yeah, before with Oakland multiple times. And so I think that would be my pick. I know it's a little biased, but that would be my pick. AL Manager of the Year, I have Scott Service. Um, this is this isn't as much of a outperform expectations. That was kind of like last year for the Mariners, but if they make the playoffs because of how long of a drought they had, like look, that how long of a drought that the Mariners had, this is definitely a team that if they make the playoffs, it's going to be hard not to give Scott Surveyus the manager of the year for breaking the curse, something that prior managers haven't been able to do. They haven't made the playoffs since 2001. And so if he's able to do that, that is some major props to him. And so pretty much regardless of what other teams do, if they can make the playoffs, he's the manager of the year for me, for the AL. Rookie of the year, I have C.J. Abrams. I discussed that earlier, the opportunities that he's going to get, being on a winning team, his versatility, seemingly belonging already in the National League, uh, you know, facing major league pitching in spring training. I think he can win. So I won't spend too much time on that. American League Rookie of the Year, I have Bobby Witt Jr. He's looked really good. I think being, you know, having a lot of consistent playing time is going to help as well with the Royals, pretty much being a starter every day there. Health, obviously, if he stays healthy, I think he's a prime candidate to be the AL Rookie of the Year there. Um, so I have him there. There's some other options that you could go with. Adley Rutschman's another one. But as of now, I don't think he's made the Orioles opening day roster and Bobby Witt will. So Bobby's just going to get a lot of opportunities. And I think he's like the slam dunk candidate right now. Uh, AL comeback player of the year, probably Verlander, because uh, he's coming off, what, Tommy John surgery. Uh, he's going to probably pitch near the top of the rotation there. I think he still has something left in him. National League Comeback Player of the Year, I have Clevenger. Again, that's biased because I'm a Padre fan, but I think he can stay healthy. Everything has looked good in terms of his arm and everything. The, the knee injury is a knee injury. It's not an arm issue. Somehow maybe someone can convince me that that's connected, but I'm hoping that it's not. And so I'm really hoping that Clevenger can win Comeback Player of the Year uh, after being out all of last year with Tommy John, having to walk off the mound in the NLDS in 2020 in Arlington against the Dodgers. I think that would be a great story, so I'm really pulling for Clevenger. He's my pick. I'd pick DeGrom if that counts because it would be comeback player of the year for like literally this year, having to face the injury, being hurt at the end of last year. And then if he like has he shoves and has like some ridiculous one ERA the rest of the year after he comes back, which he had a ridiculous – sub one ERA at some point during last year before he got hurt. I think some voters might give him some vote. So, you know, he might get some vote for it. Uh, but in terms of full year, I'd say mostly full year, I'd go with Clevenger. So again, my picks, NL MVP, Manny, AL MVP, Trout, NL Cy Young, Scherzer, AL Cole, NL manager of the year, Bob Melvin, AL Scott service, uh, NL uh, Rookie of the Year, C.J. Abrams. AL Bobby Wood Jr. AL Comeback Player of the Year, Justin Verlander. NL Comeback Clevenger. Those are my picks. I have my World Series Braves winning over the Blue Jays. I have the Padres as a playoff team, making it competitive deep into that NLDS. Again, depending on the opponent, I think they can win. 
but we'll see. Obviously, that's a long ways away. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. This episode is presented by Gaglion Bros, famous cheese station subs. View their entire menu, gaglionbros.com. Again, they're, av- they're available at Petco Park beginning on April 14th throughout the season at home. April 14th, the home opener, Joe Musco, probably on the mound against Matt Olson and the Atlanta Braves. They have locations, Point Loma and Sports Arena. Go hit them up. Joe Gaglione and Gaglione Bros, famous cheesesteaks and subs. They're great cheesesteaks and garlic fries served to you uh, year-round and obviously at Petco Park during the Padre season. So gaglionebros.com. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Hit that subscribe button for year-round Padres content. As you've seen, I was I was posting consistently during the lockout, so I really hope you appreciate the consistent content that I have put out there. Stay tuned uh, for you know pregame shows this year. Like I mentioned um, on uh, a previous episode earlier this week, in terms of the, my content plan that I'm doing this year episodes multiple times a week, interviews hopefully weekly or close to weekly, Uh, trying to get some pretty big interviews later this year, so stay tuned for that uh, if something can happen there uh, in that aspect. Uh, But content will happen from Petco Park in the stadium. My family has season tickets, so I'm I'm excited for that. Daily pregame shows or at least pregame thoughts. Bullpen usage charts like I did last year will be posted to the Instagram probably and Twitter accounts. So stay tuned for that. Again, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, at Talking Friars. Ben Fadden signing off here. Let me know what you think of my predictions. Let me know your predictions. And let's get ready for some Padres baseball. Signing off.